time. Yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> yep, before we catch the case of the giggles. I don't even, don't, don't tease me. Mm-hmm. The Rev Gear Open Jiu-Jitsu Heaven. Damn it, I get jealous when I see some of the events you get to cover on the West Coast. That means it's time for Verbal Tap. Also, a little UFC ass-beating happened last night. Uh, but we'll get to all that. It means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza, whose on-site journalism rivals anyone. Period. <laughs> do you want more of that? or do you, How are you doing, Raph? Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, allow me to introduce Kevin Phillips, whose English runs second to some non-native speaking country. <laughs> well, I like to think of it as Guam just from my hairdo, mm-hmm. but not the factor. How was this weekend? Did you have a blast? Uh, did I have a what? A blast? A blast. Did you have okay, a Okay, I didn't time? know what you said. Sorry, was, yeah, I had a great time. I'm trying to appease our Midwest audience, so I'm using colloquialisms and like quaint phrases that should. It sounded like you said rest and like, did you have a blast as well? And you combined it into one that was like blessed. I go, I don't know what word that is anymore. You're you're not speaking the king's English, man. You want to take another 27 minutes of the podcast to berate me, or do you want to move forward, talk about Rev Gear, and introduce our very patient first participant in today's podcast? Can I do both? Absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Well, why don't we bring on somebody who might have some interest in making fun of you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, our pal and yours, Marcus Koval. Marcus, how are you doing? I'm good, gentlemen. How are you? Not bad. How did it feel uh, listening to Kevin and I basically yell at each other for about a minute or so? I actually enjoyed it. It reminded me of childhood, and I liked it. <laughs> a lot of fighting in your childhood, I see. Okay, that's good. Save it for the psychologist. Um, Speaking Marcus, of fighting, this guy was fighting. Yeah, this weekend. Can I tell you what happened, Kevin? I get there. Did you know he was fighting? I didn't know. I just got there and I saw he had like some of his team there. And Marcus likes to tag who he's with all the time whenever he checks in at a place on Facebook. So I was like, oh, cool, I'll get to see Marcus. I didn't know he was going to be there. And Marcus, in true Marcus form, rushes at me when he sees me and just goes, come on, mate, we got to go. And I'm like, what do you mean we got to go? What am I doing? And next thing you know, one of Marcus's team members competes. He wins. Then Marcus is like, all right, I'm going next. And then Marcus competes. And I was like, you're competing? He goes, yeah, I signed up Thursday, I guess. I signed up Thursday, I guess. So, Marcus, <laughs> tell us about why – what was the appeal of competing at Rev Gear for you? Uh, I was kind of told by Rev Gear's own um, full Revan that I should compete, so I did. Uh, <laughs> but I – it's just partially because I love competing and I can't – I can't put together a proper training camp for a fight because, you know, I'm so busy with two gyms right now. But I love competing. That's the one I compete. So – then I figured jiu-jitsu is perfect. I, I love to compete, and I'm doing more jiu-jitsu, and um, that gives me an opportunity to get out there and, and you know, see your level and not get your head bashed in at the same time. And I'll tell you this, Kev. Yeah, I mean, I've rolled with Marcus before. Marcus is, is very good, uh, great skill to him, and was doing some great things yesterday at the competition. But, Kev, can I tell you, I think I found a weakness of Marcus's. What's that? Do you want to know what it is? Absolutely. I always want to know. Okay. Because I figure in case you roll with them. For <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to know. What's that? I want to know. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy yeah. to tell you what your weakness is. 
Um, so, Kev, the, the main trick to beating Marcus is to be about 80 to 90 pounds heavier than him <laughs> and then just get him inside control because he's about a, like, what, a buck 40 wet? So, uh, yeah, I think uh, that was something that we found yesterday because two of Marcus's competitors in the absolute division were a combined how much weight, Marcus? 530 pounds. <laughs> so while I want to go ahead and laugh at this the entire time, just recount the conversation that happened between the guy who was Josh Barnett's student that you were facing with you, that guy, and Josh Barnett that happened before, I think it was at your absolute final. Yeah. What about it? What <laughs> well, you want to the recount goes, the details? Well, the guy goes, one of them his star, he goes, let's keep it technical. Yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, absolutely, let's keep it technical, you big fat fuck. He wasn't fat. <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was big, really big guy, really cool. I actually have to say both of them were really good and very technical and kept it technical. Uh, but, you know, 250 pounds and one that was 280 pounds is still 280 pounds and still 250 pounds. Now, the problem when you work with Josh Barnett, that means you're going to have good wrestling as well and nasty mm-hmm. wrestling. That damn best wrestling that I do down there. So the guy, and when he says that, Josh Barnett calls out, no, the dirtiest, most painful moves that you know. <laughs> um, he's such a great friend, Josh. Um, so, <laughs> so as we're going, the whole time, at one point I look up at Josh and Josh said something to this guy. He goes, cause pain. And I'm like, I just, I was on the side. I'm like, shut up, Josh. I'm, I'm in pain from just being <laughs> under this guy. Um, it was it's very hard. Like, you know, I in the first match, I have a, a very good coach, Walter Zapata, because he was with me, and we had some good Amazing. game plan, which worked against the first guy. But then you could tell that the second guy adapted. And when you have someone who's wrestled and weighs 250 pounds and know how to distribute the weight and hold you, um, that's what happened. So, But I almost got the bigger guy, the 280-pound guy. I almost choked him out with a rear naked and a, and a triangle. But... It's hard, man. My legs were, were cramping going into the finals. No excuses. But I will say, Marcus was – I mean, he was putting in those fights, and, and there were some great moments. Mark was taking the fight to both of these guys. It was great, a pleasure to watch. The moment I think Marcus is forgetting is right up top, uh, Josh Barnett's student goes to give Marcus kind of like a hug, and you just see Josh Barnett go, don't hug him. He's the enemy. <laughs> And I'm laughing profusely. And then after his guy puts you through, his, you know, the Josh Barnett wrestling clinic of pain, Josh Barnett just comes over to you and is like, how you feeling, buddy? And you're like, I fucking feel like everything, like 12 trucks hit me. And you just see that giant smirk on Josh Barnett's face that just says, good. <laughs> and he's laughing hysterically. So everybody had a great time. And, uh, you know, one of the things I liked about Rev Gear Kev it was really cool to see a hybrid of different styles and uh, there were a ton of people competing there yesterday. Like the guy who just won best photographer at the jujitsu awards last week normally is the guy who takes all the photos competing. No shit. I get there and I see him with his camera and I'm like, how you doing? He's like, Oh, I just finished competing. And I was like, what the fuck? Where did every, and like every time you ran into somebody, it's all the people in the circuit out here in California having a really good time. And, and you, you got to see some really cool stuff. Uh, Marcus, would you agree? What was the best match that you saw? 
Um, it, it was. It was. I have to say, the competitors. It was a really good group of guys and girls. Um, very good. Love watching kids like one beat each other and then they go over and hug each other and show respect. And I, I, I really like that. And um, the best match. Um, it's a friend of mine. I can't remember his name, unfortunately, which is really rude of my of me. But I, I can't. That was the best match so that was very informative I'm glad I could help you out with that um, no was, uh, the brown, brown belt uh, he was doing every from brown bolo to going for omoplatas to snake guard to regular guard he, he's so good at switching up trains with um, um, the brothers um, Mendes brothers Mendes brothers yes uh. and uh, yeah that explains but so calm like you look at him Nobody wears glasses. Oh, Asian you're talking guy. about Edmund Kim. Ed, yeah, where do I know him from? Uh, I don't know. From the matches you've seen him compete in? That's my best guess. I, oh, I don't we know, trained dude. together. I can't remember where. Uh, yeah, I've trained with him. I can't remember where, though. Marcus has been uh, a professional fighter for some time and taken a lot of hits to the head over the years. So <laughs> please don't hold him accountable for any of that. But no, he hasn't compromised how good looking he is, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin with the assist. Um, but before we move on, I just want to thank Rev Gear for uh, having me come down and do some coverage. Uh, it, it was a blast. I can't wait for them to do another one of these. And uh, it's a great opportunity, I think, for people to get out there, do some competition. It looked like everybody was having a blast there. So I was really glad to get to see that. But, gentlemen, we have some results to talk about. Do we not? Oh, I believe yeah. we do. Now, Kevin, what were you telling me off air? That I think I schooled Marcus like a tiny little woman. Uh, okay, uh, now Marcus, what is your response to that? I, I I'm nervous because I don't know. I don't I know what the results are. Believe in Raf. Tell me if I'm misremembering some things. He was so sure Glover Teixeira would win. He staked a certain amount of personal reputation on how idiotic anyone could be. To pick against Glover Teixeira, specifically Oh, Phil no, Davis. Kev, I think you're overstating because if I recall correctly, it was hashtag fact <laughs> that <laughs> Phil, is Davis, Phil Davis is going to get knocked out, hashtag fact. Not um, hashtag maybe fact, just hashtag fact. That's... So, Marcus, um, what hashtag fact do you have for us in response <laughs> to that information you've just learned now? Well, you know, it's complex. For you can't blame me for Texera, who should have won that fight. I still feel that going out, you know, I, I feel a little bit insulted, and I, I'm taking a bit personal that that Glover would go out and not be the Glover that he can be, and put me in this awkward position. <laughs> I, I I don't know how you couldn't take it personally. It was obviously a very direct assault on Marcus Goval. He apologized to the Brazilian people. And I sat there and I waited for the poor thinking and Marcus Corbett. <laughs> and it didn't, it didn't come. Marcus, now, okay, I, I want to attribute it to maybe him just being a little older. But really, as a fighter, tell me and Kevin, what was happening? Where did it go wrong for him? Because honestly... It was a kind of Glover where I just didn't want to see him fight anymore. And I thought the same with John Jones, but I was hoping for better last night for him. Yes. Uh, I think 
I don't know. Obviously, the wrestling was the biggest, the, the biggest difference, and the speed. Uh, uh, and in in the long run, after the first couple of rounds, the stamina. And I don't know if uh, he took maybe Phil Davis a bit too lightly. Maybe he hasn't done his homework, as in the the the, the conditioning. But it was a big difference. And I was I saw the first round. And I'm like, yeah, you know, to be expected. You know, it's going to come out there and wrestle. But that, that for, I didn't see that happening for three It was rounds. a little bit more than just the wrestling. The wrestling put him into good position, but Davis was using good use of the extension on his arms to get underneath him once he did have him over to the side on the ground. And he was able to get some kind of uppercuts through. And, I mean, he was hitting strikes from underneath that, like, it looked like Glover was taking shots and it was starting to build on him. And it didn't seem like that changed for uh, all of the three rounds. Uh, is there anything Glover could have done better? I mean, for me, I kept wanting to see him keep the fight standing because I thought the biggest thing that was exposed again about Phil Davis yesterday was his willingness or want to stand and bang. Am, am I right in this? 100%. And, you know, you know that if you've done your homework and everyone knows that he does not like getting hit. It doesn't like standing and, and just boxing. He will try, as soon as you start landing punches, he's going to try to take you down to the ground. Now, Glover knows that. And Glover, you didn't see Glover's jiu-jitsu, which is, he's a high-level black belt. His jiu-jitsu is really, really good. And, you know, even though his punches, like you said, he, wasn't, he didn't even respect them. Like, you know, he's not even blocking. He wasn't even attempting to block them. It wasn't like he cared that they were hitting him. But, like you said, over the, you know, the toll, he'll take over a few rounds. And then... Once that wrestling hits in, now you're in Phil Davis's world. You're not going to beat him in his world when you allow it to become a wrestling competition, which he allowed for 15 minutes. Yeah, and it, it was tough to watch for that. Uh, let's also talk about the main event, though. Uh, I don't know if, if you saw any of the other stuff. Uh, I was apparently told that the prelims were much better. But the yeah. actual card seemed a little sleepy town USA, population Rafa Sparza, because it was not the most exciting set of fights until we really got to the main event. Yeah, I actually tweeted that. I wrote, uh, thanks to Christos Giorgos, who, who fought a great first fight in the UFC. Um, you know, we all know it. We all knew it, and so did... Christos, that he's fighting a, a, a world champion uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu, and he got, you know, he did really well with him standing, and soon he started feeling Christos Giorgis' power, he took him to the ground, and one of the nicest transitions from his back into an armbar, you know? Sick. Yeah. Just take, you can just hat off, you know, it's a beautiful armbar, and, and Christos said the same thing, but, yeah, I, I, fights on the main card, I'll be honest, I don't know if we won, because I was so bored watching the fight, I wasn't really watching, <laughs> except... From I watched Phil Davis for a while, and then Nagabo, I didn't even see the mid end of the second round and mid of the third round, and then just realized, you know, he had lost. <laughs> that main event is one of the best fights. It's not this, not just this year, if not the best fight this year, uh, but one of the best fights in the UFC history. Now I know you're you're talking a lot about this, and you're saying some sleepy town, but Kev, I got a I got a little little information to tell you. You want to hear this little quick story? All, almost every time. Okay. Um. How do you think Marcus saw that fight when he was busy competing? I would imagine I I actually don't know. Fios? 
How did <laughs> I don't know, Marcus. How did you find that fight? Could it be from a superior podcast host who happened to be in the vicinity with a good standing fight pass account who was able to access it on their phone so that Marcus could see a teammate fight? I don't um, know. Was actually, uh, what this uh, great uh, podcast host said is going to be my quote of the day tomorrow. It was, I got some good news and the bad news and some bad news. The good news, the bad news are that I can't get my fight pass to work. And I said, what's the good news? He goes, I'm working on those. (laughs) (laughs) It was that. I mean, I kept doing this to Marcus every chance I got. I kept going, good news, bad news. And Marcus goes, "Uh, give me the bad news. I go, I can't get fight pass up right now. And he goes, what's the good news? I go, well, here's your phone. I found it. (laughs) Your, Your phone's dead, though. But here's the good news. I found your phone. You've run out of battery. Uh, no. Eventually, I ended up getting it on my phone, and uh, you know, Christos obviously a fan of the podcast, and as Marcus put it out there so eloquently, it's tough to go up against a jiu-jitsu guy who's that high caliber. And honestly, Christos was putting it to him on the feet, and we were so happy to see that. And I don't think he has any reason to feel anything bad. I, I saw him put a nice note to you guys. All of Systems Training Center got together to watch the fights. Uh, down at their gym and they took a picture of themselves and like Christos was all happy. I saw it on Facebook and, and it's a good testament to your gym. And uh, I don't know, Marcus, maybe the kind of support you're going to need. Yeah. Yeah. Now that fight didn't go my way. Um, and obviously, you know, I knew that coming up, so I know I wasn't going to win that one. Uh, mm-hmm. But then the rest of the fight, I don't know if I've won or not, but from the way Kevin is speaking, I feel that I might have lost. You would think so. The important thing is that I got the big ones right, Marcus. Don't let me insinuate <laughs> that I know how the entire card went. I, I just do enjoy it... that Kevin's now walking it back from yeah, copious amounts of shit talking before the podcast to, to just now a on air. Like, of shit talking. Just Kev, uh, do you want to know how many you got right? Of course I want to know. Today, I can tell you, you got eight right yesterday. Whew! A personal best. It wouldn't shock me to hear that he got nine right, but at least I got eight. Kev. What? I got news for you. He got ten right. What is the... Nine was not the number Marcus got. How many did Marcus get? Marcus got five. (laughs) So that means the winner of UFC over (laughs) under Kevin... UFC 179 is indeed the namesake oh. of this segment. Kevin Phillips. Kevin, your response. Jerry Rice said it. Anybody can do it once. Takes kahunes to do it twice. What? <laughs> Don't ever put your name in the same sentence as Jerry Rice. I'll let you have a free I looked moment. Up, rap, 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 rap. I looked up quotations that would be applicable. <laughs> I looked up multi-time winners. (laughs) Let me me go ahead and talk with our loser here for just a split second. Marcus, uh, you know, walk me through your performance. It was a rough, rough start that you had. You, you weren't going well, but you know what your biggest problem was? Agreeing with Kevin. That was my biggest problem that I agreed with him. Yeah. Because you agreed on him when the fights that you guys ended up getting right together, and you didn't disagree enough on the fights that you needed to actually pick the winner. Oh. 
Yeah, it got a little rough. Uh, I would yeah. say the hardest one that you really had to say is, and and this is gonna hurt, and I'm gonna want Kevin's response on this, uh, was definitely uh, Davis and Texera because Kev did preclude with this sentence. Kev says when he's right, it will be destructive to your spirit, Marcus. <laughs> Our question to you: Is it? You know, yes, it is. But <laughs> yes, yes, I, I, yeah, I'll admit that it is. But I do want to say, but, but. Phil Davis did not knock Glover's Teixeira out, and I said there's no hell in, no chance in hell, and he didn't. Yep. Well, that, that is indeed what happened. Congratulations, solace to no one. <laughs> Help it out. You know, Marcus, if you ever need any hint or MMA advice or strategy, you can just let me know. I'm happy to contribute anything. I want to know how I can beat Josh Bonet. Yeah. That's what I want. I want to beat <laughs> Josh Bonet. <laughs> um, all right. So let, let's discuss this. Kev, do you remember what the stakes were? He owes me a private lesson. Yes. He owes me a private fucking lesson in mixed martial arts. That's what he owes me. Yeah. But. It would be my pleasure to give he that. He also owes you something else, Kevin. No. That's it. No. That's what I'm No, I'm, I actually, I have video recording to prove the otherwise. But uh, I don't know if you remember that one of the stipulations was that Marcus would have to be judo tossed. I believe that was a stipulation that he and also that has he to say into a say... camera that I was the superior fight picker. And just also, you get to choose the throw. Yeah. yeah. Who's going to throw me? Well, well I don't know. If only you were in a line of work where you were around people that were qualified <laughs> to do so on a regular basis. Oh, or have a podcast athlete visiting in town right now who was coaching <laughs> you yesterday from the sidelines at the Rev Gear tournament. That's Rev Gear Pro League, everybody. A jiu-jitsu tournament worth your time. Uh, is not Waldo... Around what? What? Ah, shit. What are his credentials? He's a second degree black belt. He coached yesterday. He's European champion. Yeah, he's worked <laughs> with a lot of pros. Uh, he worked with Jürgen Kruitz, who's a world champion Muay Thai as well. So, yep, that would I guess he will. He, he will do. <laughs> it's okay. We're Facebook friends now, so I'll take care of that on my end. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll ask this you, to you real quick, Marcus. What did you learn from this? From the Jiu-Jitsu tournament or from this uh, over-under? Let's say both. Jiu-Jitsu tournament, it was, it was good. You know, I, I won gold in, in my way, and um, and the, absolutely the guys were big. Uh, that one, I, I, I'm going to say something here, and Brazilians will agree with me. Brazilian strength are usually not time, organization and time, per se. Um, and I said yesterday, this is not run by Brazilians, so it should be on time. Revgear has a very good thing going because the environment was great, the atmosphere was great, people loved it. It wasn't on time. Sometimes Americans are worse than Brazilians. That's what I learned from that. Um, and it was it was a fun tournament. I want to do more of it. Uh, I realized that Systems Training Center in Greater Biancino got some real competitors with four golds and two silvers um and then from the over under that we did i learned that sometimes 
luck can play a big part in it in 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 the over under competition, and I still feel I'm the superior and I'm willing to do it again. <laughs> we'll have to see if you're invited back, but it, it there stands a high likelihood we can arrange a rematch at some time. Kevin, what are your closing thoughts for Marcus? I guess I just hope that tonight when he goes to bed, he doesn't lingeringly think about how I destroyed his spirit with his sure, wholehearted pick. I want him to have confidence in what he does for a living, Raph. I don't want it shooting through his brain that maybe there's another purple belt across the country that is superior in knowledge and destruction and sexy accent you know, I, just, I don't, don't want him thinking that. So I hope he doesn't, is what I'm saying. I'm saying that's obviously not the case, so he shouldn't think that. Kev, let me tell you something real quick. <clears throat> I would walk down this talk of purple belt versus purple belt because I saw him basically tech out a guy about your size yesterday, and all I could think about Kevin was Kevin one hundred percent. Kevin is uh, Kev. How you answer your story, and I'll tell him how accurate it is. What like weight? I weighed myself yeah, today. Weight. I can tell you exactly how much I weigh. And you're yay tall and yay weight. I'm a little over six foot, two hundred and six pounds. Little lie, but oh, that's okay. No, that's from today. Wow. Um, for some reason, you look a lot smaller on Twitter. <laughs> smaller well, on Twitter. <laughs> I think that's that's as good of any. Let's recap what everybody learned here, real quick. Uh, from Marcus, Americans are terrible. Yeah. And also, Gracie of our systems training center, good at jujitsu. Kevin got lucky. And in Kevin's corner, he sometimes bites off more than he can chew. I think that was all, all we learned here. Yeah, I have to give it. I have to say uh, right now, Kevin's definitely – it wasn't like it was even close apparently. It was, what, 10 to 5? Is that what it was? She don't want to know the answers anymore. Just, like, just concede. And, never, 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 just concede without five. honor. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's a pretty big score. I um, – Pretty big difference. I, I, I'm going to go back and start studying. I think I have a lot of improvement opportunities. So I'm just going to go back to the drawing board and uh, couldn't get worse. <laughs> That's for damn sure. Absolutely. And big compliments to uh, being able to compete this weekend, especially with you know looming defeat over your head. I think that's important. I think that's impressive. So nicely done, sir. Congrats on the uh, victory. It was it was pretty fun to see that you were already out there. Marcus, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. People can find you on all of the social medias at Marcus Cobal. If you hit it and you're like, God, that can't be him. That looks like a European movie star. No, that's him. That's how he looks in real life. He has a Bond-like ruggedness. And that ought to do it. Systems Training Center out there. Out there in the L.A. area. Marcus, anyone we left out? No, I just want to again say to Christos, very proud of you. We all are. And... uh... Um, I'm very impressed, Kevin, with your fight knowledge and uh, tap tap. I was going to say tap out, tap podcast, but uh, verbal top pad, verbal podcast, verbal tap. What podcast. an inopportune time to get that wrong! I just want to end the podcast with him trying to. Say I do too. Keep going. No, no, please, by all <laughs> means. It's magic to my ears. Verbal tap, verbal tap. There we go. Podcast, verbal tap. Podcast, and I want to say, uh, if you get a chance, live in Los Angeles, go to Hollywood on Thursday, watch Dima Drasmov coming back to the cage, and uh, it's came very hard for this. I think it will do very well. And 
a seminar that will be up in Grace of Baja and Sino very soon with Walter Zapata. Very, very talented, uh, both at MMA, Thai boxing, and jiu-jitsu, but teaching a seminar in jiu-jitsu. Sweet. And we will be busting out as we get more information because Waldo is the shit. He has a very scary voice, and I am very interested to hear what he has to say about jiu-jitsu. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much. I look forward to speaking to you soon. Sounds good, my man. Take care. Verbal Tap fans, we have, uh, you know, keeping up with Raph and I's real jujitsu nerdiness, we have someone we've been excited to talk to for a while, fighting on the Metamorris 5 card, though you just know him from being a grappling badass for a really long time. We have JT Torres on the line. JT, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We have to ask you, we obviously follow you on Facebook, as true um, people that follow the jiu-jitsu sport. You just posted you looking like a very uh, badass grappling version of Steve Urkel. Are you yeah. presently? Are you presently in costume? Uh, yes, I currently am walking around in costume. Actually, <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <laughs> well, that carries with it a series of follow-up questions. First one being, are you going to a party or is this just a regular Sunday evening to you? Uh, well, I did go to a party on Saturday. We had a, it was actually a, a team party. A, a bunch of the guys from the from the jiu-jitsu team got together and we threw a little Halloween party. Everyone came dressed up, but uh, I actually never took off the costume, so I'm actually still <laughs> dressed up. That's awesome. All right. That's also telling of your yesterday evening. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was maybe like a Galvo Jedi trick where he sends you into <laughs> tough neighborhoods, dress nerdy, and is just like, come out tougher. So, Yeah, it's not. It's not, but okay. uh, <laughs> I mean, he's know. not opposed to drilling, so I feel that this is right up his alley to be dropping you off in the middle of Compton and being like, find your way out, kid. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but having also said that, you refer to yourself as a nerd. Um, yeah. Okay, that's fine and all, and I get it. I get the jujitsu crossover, but yeah. uh, <laughs> when nerds can measure their muscles with measuring tape and be somewhat pleased, I don't really think you get to uh, call yourself a nerd. I, I think you you kind of lose that that nickname. You really get to give yourself. Right, right. You I look agree. much more like a GQ model that swallowed a nerd. Right. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe like, like the leftovers of his work. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. We it it definitely like, is. But we're just yeah. like, don't don't downgrade yourself. Let other people call you a nerd. I'd like to see <laughs> somebody walk up to you and actually be like, hey, what's up, nerd? And you'd be like, yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What do you, do you? I got these mats over here. Do you want to? Do you want to see how nerdy I am? I've studied a lot of moves. It's really crazy. Right. Right. And as we've seen from the Metamorris videos, you'll even start fights at a birthday party if you feel so inclined. Um, the Andre Galval, was that a planned thing or was that literally do you two just break out into sort of uh, interesting grappling matches wherever you are? You know, we have to be ready for whatever kind of situation 
you know, you never know what kind of situation you're, you'll be in being a martial artist. So that was just right on the spot, you know. He was getting ready for Chell Sonnen, and I said, you know, who knows if Chell Sonnen decides to try to grapple him outside of the venue. So I'm like, I need to help him prepare. And I charge right at him. Yup. Okay. <laughs> Do you also turn into a T-1000? Is that, like, some kind of weird... Mm-hmm. Like, you guys yeah. get some sort of uh, cycle vision where you can hone in, like, the predator on one another. Because you, you had that weird information graphic that goes over it. And I was like, is that part of jiu-jitsu that I've been missing? Yeah, that's actually in my brain. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's everywhere I go. That would be awesome. If mm-hmm. I could just list off my successful resume, like, as a <laughs> visual effect before anything. In case you forget your own brain, Kevin. You're just like, I, just, I forgot I I love world. That. Oops. All of a sudden, yeah, all of his jiu-jitsu accolades list up. It's like, that would be really helpful in the real world if mm-hmm. people's honest shit just came out about them. That would be pretty cool, cool yeah. yeah. This person has served eight months in a penitentiary. You know, it goes both ways, I guess, is what I'm saying. Uh, JT, you are fighting Rory McDonald mm-hmm. at Metamorris 5. Um, you obviously train over in the Atos Jiu-Jitsu Gym. So have you brought in any Canadian assassins that sort of talk condescendingly and are a little too arrogant to train with? Or are you just going to train with the standard crew? I'm just going to keep with the standard crew. You know, um, I think they will get me more than ready for, for my match. You should absolutely dare Keenan to get a good Rory McDonald impersonation going down, though. I think if he's going to be a good teammate and he's going to help you train for this fight, he should also talk like him and do do some promo videos. <laughs> you know, you're right. You, have, you make a good point there. I'm going to talk to Keenan on Monday. I'm going to let him know. Yeah, you'd be like, Keenan, I just like the idea of pulling Keenan aside and being like, hey, Keenan, you need to pull your weight around here, okay? <laughs> You you really are letting me down by not doing an impression of this uh, this Canadian without a personality. Do you feel the the brunt of having to be the interesting person in this? Because okay, we like Rory as a fighter. Sure. Um, yeah. Let's not get carried away. We're a little Rory. confused about his personality uh, uh-huh. because sometimes we feel he's like a robot. Uh, right. And so when we see that, do you as a person, you're like, oh man. Uh, they're going to do this Metamorphs video. I better be the one making it interesting. I know. Let's play video games. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I didn't really pay much mind to that. I was just, I was like, you know, I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, not really worry about too much about him and just focus more about myself. And But, you know, I've, I've heard that a few times, actually, now that he is pretty interesting or, I guess, not that interesting, if you want to say. But, yeah, like I said, I just stay focused, focused on what I was doing, and hopefully, I made the the promo video exciting and uh, made the fans more excited I, for the fight. And you did, and I, I do appreciate that you. I think I've seen this, and I don't, I don't know you in in training, but uh, I saw a side of you on that video game that I was like, <laughs> oh, this guy is talking trash. This, you know, I've I've talked with JT. He's a very nice young man. <laughs> yeah. This guy's not afraid to talk trash to some kids. Who aren't old enough to buy beer yet? I over PA system. I was just like, there's a real side to JT that I had. So it makes me wonder, JT, when when somebody's rolling with you, are you talking that trash? Are you doing the same thing that you're doing with the headset there? Actually, I, I never, I never do that. I have, I actually <laughs> have a really poker face when I'm training, and um, 
I think maybe only once in my entire 10 years of grappling I've maybe talked crap. But that was just some fun, never, like, serious. But, yeah, it's just I'm a, I'm a poker face kind of guy where I'm just out there, no expression. You don't know if I'm doing – if I'm in a good or bad position or if I'm feeling good or feeling bad. It's poker face. You know? I like that. But when I'm but, busy, whole, whole different story, though. But when you mentioned you've done it the one time – Tell us about the one time, because if nobody else really sees you like that, I'm intrigued to know what you said. What What was your form of trash talk? I'm pretty sure your form of trash talk was, uh, I think your form could be a little better. Uh, <laughs> you could probably put a little more pressure here. Oh, I mean, don't don't take it too seriously. I'm just saying, man. That leg drag was uh, good, but it lacked a little spin. Ooh, snap. <laughs> you got to It was something along those lines. <laughs> well, thank you for being very specific about that. It's very much appreciated. We're going to start a new game called Yo Mama with uh, JT Torres. We'll get it re- resurrected very quickly. I also think your next promo video uh, should be with Poker Face, like an acoustic <laughs> version to the background. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Uh, a good song. Yeah. <laughs> it's, especially, I mean, ADCC is coming up next year. Like, you're going to have a, a good chance to have a lot of cuts. That's a good Yeah. Uh, That'll be the next the next JT Torres video. So, what are you doing to prepare for Rory McDonald? What are you expecting? Um, you obviously have a certain level of comfort that your ground game's pretty um, pretty above his, especially from a, a grappling perspective. But that said, top level UFC fighter has a black belt. So, what are you expecting? I'm expecting. A, t- a tough competitor in Rory, you know, a tough competitor who doesn't want to get submitted, you know. And what I mean by that, I don't think – I think he'll be worried more about defense than he is in attacking. So I'm expecting just a guy who's trying to stay away from my submissions. Uh, so I'm expecting a match where I'm going to have to be chasing for the submission and he's going to be trying to just block everything I got. And it's going to be, uh, you know – and robbers all night until someone until someone gets caught. That's a cool <laughs> metaphor. Cops and robbers. I hadn't heard that before in, in jiu-jitsu terms. I'm writing it down, Raph. I'm putting it in the jiu-jitsu. We'll, we'll definitely come back to it because I, I like the idea of trying to figure out, am I the cop or the robber right now? It's a very Halloween-themed episode mm-hmm. on accident. Yes. It's a Halloween theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and Kev, when cool you answer. Kev, when you get really, really deep into it, there's also a good cop, bad cop. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Different. <laughs> <laughs> so JT, you know, what does it feel like having already done a metamorphs? You know, this is going to be Rory's first time, and it's not like he yeah. has he's been doing zero things. Obviously, he's been right. doing some great fights in the UFC, uh, but you have a sense of what it feels like, like uh, having done it already. You know, what are your expectations coming back into it? Um, you know what? The experience is really going to help me out. And what I expect is to get my hand, you know, raised up at the end of the match. You know, I'm looking, I'm going there for the win. That's for sure. And just knowing what's all about, you know, I know what's to do a 20 minute grappling match against another good competitor. And like you said, he hasn't done that. He's, he's, he's got top level competition for sure without a doubt, but he's not used to grappling another high level grappler for 20 minutes straight. And I'm going to use that to my advantage. Mm. Yeah, that's not going to be fun for the first seven minutes. 
That's right. what it really starts. It's like yeah. I made it through five minutes and I was fine. But motherfuck, can we just stand up and not hit each other for four minutes so I can breathe? Like you know, that's right. what he's gonna be thinking. He's gonna God damn. Just to be clear, well, this is a no gi match. Uh huh. Yep, no gi match. Okay, but okay. do you did you also see the video of him being uncertain of the rules? I, you know, I haven't watched that video, but I heard about it. Uh, and what did you hear? I heard that he was going to try to knock me out. And what are your <laughs> thoughts on that? Well, I've been working my head movement. I've been working my footwork That's and just getting ready for anything. You know, I don't know if, if there's going to be kicks or punches swung, but if there are, I'm ready. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> when I saw that, I go, is this funny? Is this like, I can't tell because again, lack of personality. I was just like, is is Rory trying to be funny? Because if he is, credit to him. But I love that he's like, well, it doesn't say anywhere in the rules that you can't strike, can you? And I go, mm-hmm. But you're at a grappling event, so have yeah, you done joke, one of those? It probably killed in Canada. Oh, it did. You know what? Like, That's hilarious. This right. guy is so funny. And then they, no one in the United States got it. But, like, <laughs> I'm familiar with Canadian humor. And I feel like most of their jokes are punctuated with A's and, oh, sorry. But uh, <laughs> this is a little different. So I don't know. That I mean, do you actually prepare for him? To, I mean, do, how much of stock do you take into that? Because it sounds like you almost are doing your own thing and don't really care what he's bringing to the table. But you do have to acknowledge that that's a weird statement to make. It is. It is. And um, I think... I hope it, it, he's joking. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> I hope he is. You know. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm like I said, I, I'm doing my doing my own thing. But mm-hmm. I'm not open. I, I mean, I'm open to there being surprises. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if anything happens. It's a crazy world we live in. So who knows if there's a if he starts swinging? I don't know. But I'll I'll be ready to put my hands up. Just have a have an arm bar ready, just in case. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, exactly. And I like that I'm giving you advice, by the way. Oh, yeah. So absolutely that. unqualified to give you any grappling <laughs> advice whatsoever. Um, but you know, just it's yes and we're a, we're an improv mm-hmm. environment. No, just right. have a nice like a triangle joke ready to keep a few extra seconds, just in case. That way, if you get shitty. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, I know the last time you did Metamorphosis, it was at uh, UCLA, and it was in the Poly Pavilion. It was a little, like, uh, kind of an arena kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. This is a new environment that they have for this Metamorphosis. Are you ready? Like, have you been going to Coachella tents to get ready for the different types of uh, atmosphere? And uh, I don't want to say weed, but weed that sometimes <laughs> happens in there. I have not been preparing for that actually. I got Jesus. Yeah, look into that actually. Cause I, I, I thought Atos was way more on it, man. Jeez, I know. I, oh my god, another Jedi trick that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Andre Gavall does is he intentionally hotboxes before competitive competition matches in various, you know. Metamorris or any Bravo Invitational venues. He's just wants everybody to be prepared for everything. Uh, the right. statements made here are not endorsed by Atos and those supporting it. I should probably say that publicly before. Yeah, we definitely. Go on. I don't need a call from Galva just being like, <laughs> what did you guys say? Um, I heard that bullshit. 
He's like, who told you? Was it JT? Did he tell you? It's like, maybe. <laughs> so, JT, the other thing is you've now been living here uh, for a few years. You've been in SoCal yeah. for a little while. Uh, how do you like yeah. it? Do, do you miss home? You know, tell me what your overall impressions are about being out this way. I love California. I love being here in San Diego. I've been here almost two years now. And I say it's probably one of the greatest things I've ever done for myself moving out west. You know, here I came out here by myself, and it really forced me to step up my game, where in all aspects of life. So, great experience so far. But home will always be New York for me, absolutely. You know, I, I still miss home very much, and I'm actually going back to visit for the holidays and all that. But New York will always be home in my heart. But for now, California is my new, my new uh, bunker where I stay at and train at, and. I enjoy my time out here. I love it out here, too. Did you end up finding that you got, like, 20% lazier when you get to San Diego? <laughs> you know what? When I first moved out here, I, I felt like everything was moving in slow motion. I'm like, wow, there's, <laughs> like, everyone's just so slow out here, you know, where everyone's just so chill about everything. Where back mm-hmm. east, everyone's on it, you know, like, oh, we got to oh, go yeah. here, we got to go out here. I was like, oh, man, yeah, we'll leave, like, in 30 minutes. Sure, no problem. Wow, everyone's so relaxed. Because I love that, like, you're hanging out with jiu-jitsu people, which means you're you're keeping active and things are going. But, like, when jiu-jitsu ends, I found in that San Diego area, it's like, hey, man, like, jiu-jitsu ended. Man, I don't know if, should we, like, nap or should we beach? Nah, let's nap at the beach. (laughs) And then we'll come back for training later. Exactly. That's how it is out here, man. It's it's it's, a, it's beautiful, man. I'm I'm very lucky to be experiencing this out here. <laughs> I'm jealous yeah. every day. Sorry, still buried deep in. Yeah. I'm in traffic as we speak. Like I'm <laughs> always in traffic. Kevin unfortunately DC. lives in Washington D.C., uh, <laughs> so he's gotten the short end of all sticks. <laughs> it's just there's no redeeming qualities. Anyway, enough about that depressing radio. Um, JT, you also run the kids program over at Atos. You're heavily involved in it, which would explain why I can always understand your videos. You're much used to talking to uh, children and, you know, jujitsu wise. That's very helpful. Um, Talk to us us about how that's how that involves with your game. You're a top level grappler, but you also, you know, train the kids. And as far as American jujitsu artists go, you're. At the top of anyone's list of exciting fighters, like you don't really have boring fights. You just don't have them. Um, do you find that teaching the kids program is helpful? It's a part of that. Talk us through that. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. I mean, especially when you're teaching kids, you really need to break down the techniques well. You know, they're not as easy to teach like if you were going to teach adults. So you really need to approach them in a very skilled manner and really express the techniques and where they can really get a good grasp of it. So, me doing that throughout the weeks now, you know, I teach four times a week. It forces me to refine my own technique, and it's almost like it's reminding me of the small details of these techniques I've known for years, but it makes me go back, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. I got to turn my hand this way or turn my foot that <laughs> way. And it, and it just sharpens my own technique, to be honest with you. So me teaching has improved my game in the technical aspect, without a doubt. I really hope there's a lot of you looking at a kid going, hey, wait, can you do that again? <laughs> Did you just beer and bolo? Like, what the shit? How are these kids so good? Because it's terrifying to watch some of these kids 
uh, be able to just yeah, they're, they don't unfair. they're not even thinking and that's yeah. the beautiful part about it is they're just reacting naturally to it and you look at them yeah. and you're like, you son of a bitch you are gonna grow up to be my problem in 15 years oh, when yeah. i'm old yeah. and on my way out so yeah yeah you've got it all made thanks jt for helping them out and make it our lives harder. JT Torres is a group of kids instructors, Raph. Like, think about that, too. Like, it's not. It's like, oh, fuck. Sure. It's already so popular. That'll work. I'm just glad when they're, when they're adults, I'll be retired by then, hopefully. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you guys want to roll right now? Ooh. Oh. World champion I'm back. Ooh. Ah, yeah. <laughs> We'll see. Uh, I'd like to see the day JT's like, no, I'm retired. It's yeah, like, I know. He's a 68-year-old. It's like, I'm going to kill you. I don't care who you are. I can do I can do Metamorous Seniors. It's, uh, it's a new match. That's when they take over the senior PGA. So you are signed up with Tatami now. What's uh, This has been pretty cool. Do you have any say in the type of gear that you rock and develop? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, Tatami is a super cool company where they work with the athletes, and we're actually right now in the midst of producing uh, some geese and some rash guards with some of my ideas on them, and their ideas, too, mixing them, too. So it's going to look real cool, and I should have a pretty cool rash guard off for the Metamorphosis event, so just keep your eye out for that. Whoa, did you just tease that you're going to have... I know! God, you know, (laughs) because... I uh, at the Jiu-Jitsu Expo, I nerded out on the guys behind the uh, Andre Galvao Lion rash guard. Yes, yeah. And I spent a good five minutes just asking them, "How did they know? Or like, how did they know how amazing it was when they wore it for the first time?" And everybody <laughs> just gave the same answer. They're like, "I went to go try it out in training before anybody had seen it, and everybody just stared at me." And I was like, yeah, dude, look at that fucking rash guard. It's so sick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a good one. It's a real cool one. But I do appreciate that now Metamorphs is becoming like the Oscars. So I feel like they need to have a red (laughs) carpet that Kevin and I can host. I'm sorry, who are you wearing? Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me, JT, I'm sorry. You look sleek. And does he look thinner, Raph? Does his rash guard look thinner? thinner? Is this a new gi? JT, who are you wearing? Yes, who are you? Oh, my word. This is my Tatami. <laughs> I'm excited to see this now. We uh, we love the gear. Is that a, you know, true jiu-jitsu? Yeah. It's always it's a little bit of the gear. I like that you get a say in it, too. That's pretty cool. Like, that's oh, yeah, a nice, It's a nice ownership thing to be rocking. So what's this next year going to look like for you competition-wise? And I was going to ask, are you coming off the injury still? Are you able to train full-time oh yeah i'm training i'm back to training full-time right now um i had With your toe 13, reattached yeah yeah I, I ripped my two toes apart and had 13 stitches in between two of my toes but uh, i got the stitches out about almost three weeks ago now but uh yeah i'm back to training hard now full-time of course i tape them up i tape up all my toes now just to be safe but back to training yeah. nothing stopped yeah. me I would like to just underline real quick. When he says he tore his two toes apart, he's not being hyperbolic. He's not like a metaphor for someone that was in a lot of pain. Literally (laughs) tore his toes a little bit apart. The pictures were very graphic. Yeah. 
Um, but that's good. Are you having any recovery issues or has it been a pretty smooth transition back to trusting it full time? Cause you have a, you have a very advanced spider guard, which is using those toes. You're good to go or still some strength. Oh no, I'm good to go. I mean, I just, when the doctor told me to rest, I rested, you know, I, I listened to the doctor and I listened to my body and I know when you got to let it rest, you got to let it rest. Cause if you don't, you're rushing back into things. That's when you just make it worse or you sit out longer. So, I, you know, I followed the instructions the doctor gave me, and now there's no problems. I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. And and I'm glad to be back on the mats because I was going a little crazy when I was off the mats for, like, There we go. Weeks. That's yeah. what I was about to say. I, yeah. Like, you were giving the pitch perfect too perfect of an answer, and I wasn't about to call you a liar, <laughs> but I was about to ask you for specification. I had to take off three days of training this week, and I thought I was going to murder somebody. That's me. Yeah. For yeah. you – What's actually going through your head? Are, are you showing up to training still, or do you just have to go cold turkey and you're just like, I'm going to be Call of Duty. Leave me alone. Yeah, you know what? A, a little bit of both. Some days I will go to the academy just to watch, but that sometimes will only make me angrier. I'm like, ah, oh, I can't train, so I'll just go home and just slay people on Call of Duty. <laughs> I love that you would take out all of your aggression on those poor kids behind those headsets. <laughs> Yeah. Imagine if we yeah. had gotten to see that day. I know. Like, just like a hasn't been training for two weeks, JT Torres. I want to be like, yeah. JT, what we should have done is set up a Twitch and given us all the account so that we could have all seen you uncharacteristically talking shit. Yeah, yeah, Scar really choke your ass. Yeah, told me to do that. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that, actually. I'm going to try to – do I have to make an account on that or something? I just sign up, right, on Twitch? To, uh, you know what? JT, I'll walk you through the whole whole thing off air. I just feel like okay. if we get if we go down this wormhole, it like it, the poor jujitsu community it will never recover. I'll uh, live tweet it. Like I'm excited because here's I'm the thing: prepared. I feel if I take you down too far <laughs> in doing video games, we will lack seeing you do crazy, amazing things on the mat. So it's a very delicate balance on how much we actually get you to play video games. That's what I'm most worried about. Right. Right. <laughs> so we have a two-minute drill to wrap up here, correct, Raph? Yeah. So JT, you you're a ferocious guy on the mats. You you test. have no yeah. fear, right? None. Yep. No fear. No fear. Including right. having his toes ripped apart. I'm just saying. I've seen the pictures. He does not fear it. <laughs> uh, the reason I ask this is because we like to play, and I usually do this in person. But you know what? The hell be to it. I have not done this with somebody uh, from the Atos gym yet. So I'd like to play this game. It's basically I ask you rapid-fire questions in two minutes. You answer them as quickly and as honestly as you can. And if you are not answering in a way that I deem honest, I'm probably going to push back and ask you to give us some specifications. Okay. Okay. You ready for this? I'm ready. We're like Politico of (laughs) Jiu-Jitsu. We are like the political jiu-jitsu. Oh, man, that reference is going to kill nowhere. Um, (laughs) Here we go. JT, with two minutes on the clock, we go in three, two, one. What is your go-to choke? Bow and arrow. What's a choke that you wish you invented? The guillotine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Who has the best guillotine at Atos? I do. Ooh. Not you. 
I said Ooh. not you. You have to give a better one. <laughs> yeah, who's second best? Oh, I got one. Josh Finger. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pretty sick. Uh, who is yeah. the best training partner at Atos? Keenan Cornelius. Why? His looks. He, oh, sorry, you weren't asking me, JT. Uh, he's just his guard is just really annoying to deal with. Uh, what's the most annoying thing about Keenan aside from his guard? His looks. He's really, sorry, JT. He's really good at Call of Duty too. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Not only is he so hot right now at jiu-jitsu, it's bullshit. but then that asshole has to also be good at the You know what? Screwed Keenan. Never mind. I, I had more Keenan questions, but they're out. I'm not even talking about him anymore. Uh, favorite <laughs> jiu-jitsu match that you've seen? Ooh, Jacare versus Hodger. Uh, favorite jiu-jitsu match that you've been in? <laughs> Ooh, me versus Lucas Lepre in ADCC. That was a sick match. Uh, best yeah. movie to cry to? The Notebook. Okay, I'm going to ask a, a follow-up here. Really? Yes. <laughs> what makes you cry about The Notebook, JT? At the end, when I find out that the old lady is his wife. Wait, you, you wait, JT, you didn't know that going in? No, I didn't, I swear. Oh my God, JT, Jesus. All right, rapid fire, here we go. Uh, ice cream or cake? Muffins. All right, I'll take that. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Paper or plastic? Plastic. Raph or Kevin? Raph. There we go. And do you regret doing this interview? <laughs> no. <laughs> Boom. Right on two minutes. That was... Uh, I was definitely done with uh, black belt expert precision, my friend. Very well done. I, a lot of people get tripped up. I understand I'm an intimidating presence, not jiu-jitsu-wise, but in two-minute drill-wise. Uh, what did you learn from two-minute drill about yourself, JT? I'm lear- I learned that uh, kind of like a sissy, I guess. <laughs> Do you feel a little bit of regret saying that the notebook is your weakness? What if, what if, and I'm just putting this out there, and I really don't mean to throw you off your game, but what if Rory shows up with a notebook rash guard? Would that really throw you off your game? Man, I might freaking cry and hug him. (laughs) But that's okay. I mean, as long as you're going for double unders, I think you're okay. So just always remember that. As long as I have the underhooks, that should be okay. (laughs) Exactly. You're going to be great. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, JT, tell us, you know, because Kevin and I don't know what this experience is like, but what do you do the minute after Metamorphosis is done? Like, what is – I know it's a big event, and I know you do tons of other things, but, like, what is it that happens for you after Metamorphosis? Like, what am I going to do? Sure, I don't know. I don't know what kind of swashbuckling you guys do down there. Pretend yeah. we're not top-level grapplers finishing a match. Yeah, Take a real that. big leap here. Pretend like we are not top level grapplers. Okay, I'm gonna go pig out, man, and just eat some crap food. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's uh, that's what <laughs> uh, we got from. Uh, that was one of the things Lovato said to us too. So maybe it's an American <laughs> grappler thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, JT, people can uh, of course find you on Facebook, JT yeah. Torres. They can find you on pretty much all of the social medias, JT yep. Torres. Yes, sir. 
Absolutely. You fight for Tatami out of Atos Jiu-Jitsu there in San Diego. I'm going to be fighting Metamorris yeah. 5. Uh-huh. Main card, November 22nd, 2014. We really appreciate you stopping by. Did I miss anybody or anything we can shout out for you? Any sponsors well, you know, we can take care of? Yeah, absolutely. Big shout-out to Tatami Fightwear, Kill Cliff, the Armbar Soap Company, and Fokai Industries. Those guys are always hooking it up and helping me live my dream. Absolutely. Supporting the uh, such a nice, uh, nice end to that. Yeah, and I'm only a little bitter that he said you and not me. So, And I thought we had made a connection, if you want the honest truth, Raph. Kev, be honest, though. Did you really ever think it was going to be you? For sure, like, I kind of did. Yeah, I thought we were there. It just felt like, you know, JT and I are like a seven, maybe. You know what? I missed it. I misjudged it. It's I've I care JT. too much and too fast. I get it. I You know, we've got this SoCal thing going on now. Yeah. Let's... We both <laughs> cry to the notebook, and I mean only JT <laughs> cries to the notebook, but I've seen it. At and... least three-fourths of it. I'm just dating someone that cries to the notebook, so I get it. I get it. There's a lot that separates us. Verbal Tap fans, let's give a big thanks to JT Torres for putting up with this nonsense and talking to us about Metamorphs 5. Thanks so much, JT. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Tap fans, we have from Submission Fight Co. on the line, Shakib Masiri. Shakib, how are you doing this evening? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Not too bad. We were just talking to you, and you said you were in the uh, you were in the like in the factory. Was that literally on the ground of Submission Fight Co. or is this a uh, you were in a different factory? What were you up to tonight? Well, I'm still at my warehouse. I work. Oh, okay. I like that Kevin was uncertain as to how many factories you either own it or visit on a regular I'm occasion. Just saying, he said I was in the factory. He was like, "Hey, sometimes that's what people call their fight dojos." It's like, oh, sure, of course, factory. Yeah, many people call their their place of training a factory. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I like that he's resorted you to being a Super Mario brother within seconds. <laughs> uh, I didn't say it necessarily. That's so. Fair. Shakib, talk to us. What's going on with Submission Fight Co.? Um, nothing much. I mean, you know, right now, just working on, you know, because the whole task, I'm sure you guys know about that. We can get into that as well. But right now, just I work with a new factory that I'm working with. Uh, I'm actually um, trying to do a lot of new and, you know, innovative things because most brands out there, they pretty much, you know, release the same product different design they compete with design so i don't usually try to go and compete with designs i try to you know compete with different you know innovative stuff and by doing that you know sometimes you fall flat in your face but you know sometimes it becomes successful so i was gonna ask this so you know you mentioned a little bit about it um we want to know right up top you know we want to talk right about what happened i think there is a lot of confusion as to how it took place and what happened so I think what you're referencing was we found out that uh, there was not the right proportion of hemp reported on your geese. So let's go ahead and start talking about that. When did you find out about that, and how did you find out about that? Well, I found that in April, beginning of April. But um, pretty much what happened is when I started 
when I started Submission Side Company, I literally knew nothing about manufacturing, you know, importing websites, you know, marketing, any, anything that I do today, I knew nothing about that. So I started from scratch. I knew nothing, you know, I ordered a gi from Pakistan, you know, while I was training jiu-jitsu and going to school, you know, I was going to college and, you know, I just did it for fun. I worried and I said, hey, this works. So I ordered, I think I have 2000 in my account and I ordered $2,000 worth of products. And I sold them on eBay and I thought, hey, like, this works. So, um, you know, I continued and I literally knew nothing about this. I was learning as I was going along and I was working from home. So when I was doing this, you know, I, was, I knew I had to get into, you know, retail stores, distribution and all that. And what happened was I, actually, I, I had to find something, you know, innovative, something unique that wasn't in the market. And or, or if it was in the market, you know, I had to find something that, you know, I can grow big with that. So I researched a little. I knew there was another company out there that had a hemp gi, and, you know, it wasn't really that famous, and I believe that we can get a hemp gi really famous. So, you know, really popular. So I contacted the factory I was working with in Pakistan and asked him, you know, if we can get a hemp gi going. And he said, you know, he'll look into it. So, you know, I waited. I literally waited about a year for this guy to send it to me. So when he sent it to me, I felt it, you know, I'm, I'm not an expert in hemp at all, or textiles, manufacturing, any of that. But, you know, I went along, I took his word for it. You know, it felt awesome when I touched it, I felt it. And then I bought maybe 50 of them, I don't remember. I sold them, people loved them, gave me great feedback. They wanted more, so I ordered more and more and more, and people, you know, started loving it. And I probably sold well over a thousand of these and in my opinion I thought you know, hey if, if if it weren't hemp someone would have called me out on it and no one did so um, everyone was happy I never knew what testing is because no one in the market and in, in the industry I've never heard of anyone besides me uh, test their products in any way not just you know for fabrics but for other things but so since this whole thing happened um, one of you know my competitors called pretty much called me out on it. Said, "Hey, you know this is this may not be happening." He went public, viral with it. I guess his, his intention was to throw down his biggest competitor and grow big that way. So I looked into it that way because when he mentioned testing, I, I googled, I searched, and actually my uh, employee here, Chase, his dad gave me the idea to contact SGS, which is I guess the leader in testing textiles of any sort in various ways. So I contacted them. I got in touch with the right person. I sent them the fabric to test. Unfortunately, you know, the results came back that it was actually a cotton polyester blend. And I believe from my experience now that people did believe that it was hemp because that it had that polyester mix in it. So that polyester mix in it, just like a rash guard, it makes you, you know, it wicks away more sweat has mm. less shrinkage because you know like rash guards you really don't have shrinkage um you know it has that antimicrobial stuff in it um you know it didn't uh, stink as much stuff like that and i think it was the polyester in it that made it seem that way so it seemed like a hemp but um again i've never i was never an expert in hemp i believe it was hemp everyone loved it they still had great great reviews online you could check it out everyone loved it but the unfortunate thing was to me and especially to my customers that it wasn't it didn't turn out to be what it was claimed to be 
So after that, you know, it was I was in shock. I was in you know, like in panic mode. I really didn't know what to do when this whole thing happened. I I kind of like paused for like a day or so, and I just I didn't know what to do. I was just you know scared. So um, a friend of mine actually helped me a lot. And what I did was I had to take care of my customers, you know, whether the company was going to exist afterwards or not. It didn't really bother me. What bothered me more is that, you know, I sold the product to people, claimed it was hemp, and it really wasn't. So, um, you know, I quickly wrote a blog post as fast as I could explaining the whole situation. Um, you know, I got some screenshots of the emails and text messages back and forth with my supplier in Pakistan. And I've always had issues with my supplier in Pakistan. They, you know, never, if I ordered, for example, 100 beads, they'll send me 90. Or, you know, there's always an issue. Or they'll send me the 90 yeah. without fostering. Or, you know what I mean? So there's always issues. Yeah. So I just went along with it. I struggled mainly because of my lack, in, lack of experience in the whole, you know, importing and stuff like that. So I did it. I did the best I could. And, um, you know, so I wrote the blog post. I wrote on there that people can contact me. Um, I, I wrote the email address on there. You know, we pretty much took care of all customers and until they're satisfied and pretty much took it from there. And the main thing is, is a lot of people contact me and they tell me, you know, you must be going through a rough time and this and that. And I just tell them, yeah, you know, I'm definitely going through a rough time. And in my opinion, um, this is actually the best thing that could have happened for me and for Submission by company because it has taught me so much about importing <laughs> You know, some just like in judicial, you either win or you learn, right? So mm-hmm. in this situation, I lost, I learned, and I've learned so much that the company can only grow from here. And you know, this situation will never happen again because you know we test every single product that we release to the market from now on, especially especially unique fabrics like any type of hemp material that we release will will it'll be it'll be tested. Bamboo products it'll be tested. That's what we actually release recently some bamboo shirts as well which you know we can go into a little bit later but everything is tested you know the factories that i work with um you know i've learned how to find factories how to find the the best factories the quality of the fabrics the quality of the stitching and you know pretty much everything i've learned so much substantial information that you know the company can only grow from this point and you know i hope that previous customers I took care of them to, you know, we, we did our best. We had like maybe over a thousand emails, you know, give or take to take care of. And we had to do it as quickly as possible. So we did it as fast as possible. We worked over time and, uh, now it's all done. Now we've already hit our lowest point. We're on our way back up and, you know, only good things can come from here. Absolutely. So the big takeaway, it sounds like is one, um, it's certainly an issue of trust and reputability of the manufacturer. Yeah, absolutely. I can, I cut off all ties with my last manufacturer, you know, and speaking of that, I don't know if maybe even you guys got this, but I think it went pretty viral. My factory that I was dealing with before, I literally, you know, blocked them on Skype on, you know, every way possible for them to contact me. I blocked them because I told them I don't want to deal with you. He actually owes me, the, we actually released them or pants recently and it was supposed to come in a blue color as well and he owes me I don't know how many hundreds of those like maybe 300 or so of those pants I've already paid for so he literally owes me on that he never has sent me on that that's how 
shady he is. You know, he would, he's supposed to send me that because I've already paid for that and then ask for more business. But now he always messages me and asks me for more business before he even sends me what I've already paid for. So mm-hmm. I already know, you know, I cut the loss. I already lost, you know, from everything else with the whole empty situation. I've lost on the, you know, the orders that he still owes me. But I'm happy just to cut off ties with him and get rid of him. Because what happened recently is he actually made a message and literally emailed I don't know, everyone that had any type of contact with Submission Side Company. He emailed them and said, hey, you know, buy Submission Geese from me and not from them. And I'll give you a good price and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he the posted room. on the BJJ Gee Addicts Anonymous page on Facebook, which I happen to be a uh, reluctant member of. Yeah, so I actually posted that on my Instagram and Facebook, just letting people know that, you know, it's a scam, what he's doing, and it's definitely against the law. Anyone could, you know, go to prison for something like that, um, using people's copyright and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just, I'm just happy and relieved to be done with him. You know, I've learned, that's another thing I've learned from this whole mess is which factory to deal with and which factory to not deal with. Sure. I have to ask, on my end, um, you know, we live in such a weird social media world and whatever you say just happens to get, you know, expanded about three or four times. Having said that, why a blog post? I mean, I'm sure in hindsight that seems like a completely understandable thing to know. Oh, yeah, everybody's going to try and t- twist my words and whatnot. But why was that? initially the strategy to let people know what was going on honestly because that was the first thing i had access to because we don't really have a youtube channel i mean i do have a youtube channel i don't have like a you know i'm a pretty much it's a one-man show it's me chase works here he works here part-time taking care of shipping customer service so i had a blog i've done blog posts before and i thought that was the best way for me to get it out and i and i posted on my facebook you know twitter instagram send out an email blast to everyone to, to read the blog post and you know it got shared really fast it went viral but the fact is is that I didn't have access to you know a video or any other thing any other sort of you know information and I was short on time so I had to do whatever I can because people you know wanted to assume things you know at that point at that moment so I had to do, I had to get some word out as quick as possible and that was the quickest way to get this thing out Okay, through blog post. Um, yeah. As you are emerging out of this, what has been the transition and reaction with your customers been like? Honestly, the vast majority of them are really satisfied with how we took care of the situation before, <laughs> and you know, with the new products. Yeah, you know, there's. I feel I feel it in the company where I. It, the situation has obviously hurt the company. But, um, for example, when we emailed people for a resolution to the situation, a vast majority of them were very, very pleased with what we're doing. And I would say maybe a couple dozen of them even were mad in the beginning. And then when we gave them the resolution, they actually contacted us back and told us that, you know, we don't even want any sort of resolution from you. We don't want a refund. We don't want a gift card. We don't want anything. And we're just happy that, you know, we're sad about you know your situation and we're, we don't want to take anything and we'll be a customer for your new product just let us know what your new products are so you know i'm very grateful for all of the understanding customers and also um for the new products like we released uh since the situation 
happened. I mean, the first since April, the first few months, all we did was take care of customers. So the past month or so, you know, I released uh, two new hemp T-shirts, which were actually lab tested. They're hemp blends of hemp and cotton. And then we have uh, two new bamboo shirts as well as the Aura Tanks that actually had, you know, ordered about a year ago, and it took them like almost a year to send it to me, which was in the old factory. So, um, you know, customers are, are pretty happy. I mean, I think they're mostly expecting um, another innovative product from us, such as like a another bamboo key or a hemp key or, or something that's not very, very common in the industry. I think the the weird thing, and maybe you, you can explain this now having done this, um, when people are thinking about lab test results, uh, I think the misconception is that you can get those immediately. Um, talk us through that process because you know Kevin and I have no idea what this world is like. We've been told we should never be around the clothing industry, and we believe them. But yeah, I mean, it's really I mean for something like that, you know, talk to us about that process because I think that's a process that not many people are privy to or really get an insight to. But if you would, please. Yeah, I mean, when when this whole thing happened with me, I I never knew what testing was. So it, it's all new to me. I just learned it this year. But um, what happened for me originally is when this thing happened, I I just Google. I put in Google. I said, you know, fabric testing. You know, some any any keywords I could think of, I do it in there. I called a few places, and one place I contacted, I think it was text test or, or something like that. And you know, I sent them a piece of fabric to get it tested, and they they were testing it. And I called them on the phone, and they told me a specific date they're going to send it to me, which is I think three weeks time. So I waited three weeks, and I called them, and they're like, "Oh, it's going to be here tomorrow." So I called them the next day. Like no, it's tomorrow. The next day, they're like tomorrow. I'm like, can you just tell me? Does it have hemp in it? Does it not have hemp in it? The lady on the phone was like, yeah, yeah, it does have hemp in it, but I'll tell you the blend tomorrow. And I said, okay, great. So tomorrow, the next, finally, you know, they send me the lab results, and um, actually, they didn't send me before because I know I had a lot of issues with this company. They they made a lot of mistakes. You know, they sent me um, the lab results, I believe, but it didn't have the percentages or you know, they were off and they weren't really sure. So that's when I contacted SGS and I sent that to them as well. And that's the SGS is the results that I actually posted on the blog post and and uh, um, those are the ones that I've made public on the product pages and everything. So with SGS, I sent it to them. They actually sent it from here. I actually sent it to their location in New York, I believe, or somewhere on the East Coast. They got it from there, and they sent it to their factory in Hong Kong, I believe, in China. And from there, that's when they get their hemp lab tested. As far as I know, they told me that their only location that can test for hemp is in China, and that's where they sent it over to get it tested. So it took about, I would say, three, maybe maximum four weeks' time to get, you know, a fabric tested, and I had to pretty much wait that long. So when people ask me, you know, why did you wait so long to you know, come out with something of that nature is because I had to wait and see because I couldn't really publicly speak and say anything until I knew all the facts. So, you know, it took a very long time. Sure. And as we start to evolve, what can we expect from Submission Fight Co. moving forward? Talk to us about new product lines and such. Sure. I mean, 
right now, like I told you before, I've learned so much substantial information that I'm looking, you know, I've found out how, you know, to find the correct factories. I found out, you know, how to find, you know, who, like in any industry, I can find out who um, or what company orders the parts from where they're, you know, they're manufacturing, all of that. So I can, I've learned more about fabric. I've tested a substantial amount of different things with, with key material, with rash guard material, stuff like that, that I haven't publicized yet. This is all, you know, research and development for me. And, you know, I've learned so much that, um, you know, all the new products will be amazing, I think, because I'm working on one product right now, which is actually a few different products from a different um, textile. And if that goes through, I think that'll be groundbreaking. Well, I will let you know this uh, right up top. Um, if you're looking for places, I, I get this email a lot. Um, I just thought I would read it to you. I just I don't know if you know anything about it. Hello, we hereby introduce ourselves as the manufacturers and exporters of karate, martial arts, and BJJ equipments and wares. Wares, yes, wares. Uh, we are desirous to promote our products into your country through your esteemed organization. Now, this is when you know somebody who doesn't know what they're doing is getting a hold of us and they're saying through our esteemed organization and I go red flag number one. So uh, I can send them your way if, if you're interested. Uh, they seem very reputable. I get so many of those on a weekly basis. I can only imagine. Uh, but for you know the, our purposes when I'm looking at this, uh, you know the big question I've, I've always wanted to know is you know what do you wish you had done differently just about the whole situation? I mean, mainly I wish I had a real empty. Um, you know, from experience now, I contacted some factories that have made empties for other brands in the past. And, um, you know, it's very expensive. The minimums are high. Uh, it's not that easy to, to get something like that in the market. Um, it takes a lot of hard work. But what I, you know, mainly what I wish I'd done, you know, is, is either had the real empty and, and, and sold it based on the real temp. Or, um, you know, knew, knew what lab testing was. I wish I knew what lab testing was then because now I know that I had dealt with the wrong factory. I didn't just lose with that factory with the, with the hemp. I've lost with many, many things. I mean, it's hard even to explain because every order I've done with them, they've screwed me over somehow, some way. But, you know, in the long run, I did profit, even though they, you know, screwed me over just because of the whole hemp craze and, and the hemp fees were great. But, as far as profit goes, I've had this company for five years and literally I've probably paid myself in a six-month period, I would say. You know, so I haven't, this is this is not, you know, like a money maker. Cause that's another funny thing. Some guy on my Facebook, when this whole thing was happening, some guy on my Facebook wrote, oh, the owner of submission is driving a Lambo and, and he doesn't want to help me out or, or, or something. I don't know what he was writing. He was just complaining about the whole empty situation. <laughs> And that was the most funniest thing, you know, because I'm yeah. far from, far from that. You know, there's, in Jiu-Jitsu, there's only a few brands that are making good money. The majority are just doing it as a hobby or probably losing money. So. Well, let me ask you this. So you just put out a new set of products. Uh, uh, you know, talk to us about those. What were they? And, you know, what what is different about them? Sure. I mean, well... I have the new hemp t-shirt, like I said. That was the first thing I believe I released after the the mishap before. Um, I actually 
what I did was I contacted uh, a company. I found a company, I believe, in Colorado that had hemp shirts. So I ordered one from them. The fabric, the quality, everything was amazing. But before I ordered, of course, I asked them, you know, is this hemp? Can you can you give me some lab certification? Can you give me something? You do have to be careful with Colorado. People call it the Pakistan <laughs> of the Midwest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, none of these people that I've contacted, not, even, not only in Colorado, but I've, so many different places, even in America, I've contacted them and they said, can you give me some sort of lab certification proving to me that this is what it is? And it, they always get, like, they're shocked. They're like, how can you ask me something like this? This has never been asked to us. Even major multi-million dollar companies, they, they're just like, no one ever asked me this. Why are you asking me this? And then I have to kind of, like, explain, like, their situation briefly. So you're... Um, I think, and, Alluding to it in a lot of ways, but for those people still against Submission Fight Co., why should they come back? Give us your give us your elevator pitch. Sure, mainly because the the situation that we went through has taught us more than any anything can ever teach you. Because any other brand out there, they've learned from you know either being successful or you know doing different things. But the best teacher ever is your mistakes. Mistakes are the best teachers that you can ever have. And the more mistakes you make, the more smarter you'll get, the more knowledge you'll gain, the more um, successful you can become. And just like ask any entrepreneur out there, any successful entrepreneur out there, they've always made plenty, plenty of mistakes, plenty of failures before they've made a success. So I've had my share of failures before in business, but this was, you know, the thing that I was actually you know, going forward with. So um, mainly because of the fact that all my new products are being tested. Um, you know, I'm searching for different factories throughout the whole world, trying to find different material products that is non-existent in the jujitsu industry and try to create innovative products that haven't really been done before. But of course, that takes time and effort. Um, so that will be a few months down the line I don't know how long it'll take, but trying my best to get it out as soon as possible. But besides that, we also have uh, a new Kizuki coming out, I don't know, in a few weeks. Um, and a new adult gear as well, a different fabric. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Shakib, Shakib, where can uh, people can follow along on social media at Submission Fight Co.? They can find you at what website? Well, the website is submissionfc.com. And, you know, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram that we're usually on. Um, it's pretty much facebook.com slash submissionfc or Twitter and Instagram. Well, great, man. Uh, you know, thank you for coming on the podcast. We appreciate you being very yeah. straightforward with it. I think it's important that you – you get the opportunity to say what's happened with you, and I hope things work out for you, my man. Uh, and uh, you guys keep a lock on it. Check out Submission Fight Company. Shakib, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me on here. What a podcast. Got to nerd out with JT Torres. Got to hear Marcus Koval admit I'm the superior human being in every 
possible way, Rafa Sparza. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it. <laughs> Shaquib Masiri stopped by. Talk to us about Submission FICO. Great podcast. It's time to end this mofo, though, right? Like we're, we're I think so. Time. Okay, well, let's go right on to shout-outs. I'll start. Beach Name Academy out there in Chantilly, VA. Doing some rock star training this past week. It was so good to be back. I've been so happy to be back. Like, I've just been a better person since I started training. <laughs> it's like, oh, a week and a half was too long. I started to yeah. get the uh, the twitches. Going to take it out on some Call of Duty. I hear that. So, BJJFinder.com, the world's premier jiu-jitsu site locator. Check it out, please. I also told these guys I'd give them a shout-out after I tried out their belt. Dom Fight Gear. Dom Fight Gear. Great belts they make. Um, when I got the purple belt, I switched to them, and I will be with them for a long time. Well, not, you know. It's a limited industry, but <laughs> I will definitely be with them as Jesus long as I Christ. keep moving up. To it wrestling. sounded good in my head. I was like, God damn it, I'm out of here. I'm just so out of here. I can't believe I'm working with this guy. Apologies all around. <laughs> just know I love you. And I'm going to be buying those Valley Tudo shorts as soon as I start competing no-gi again, Raph. So look good out. for you. Yeah, good, good for the world is what that is. Uh, that's going to do it for me tonight, Raph Esparza. Let's do it. All right, guys. Let's go ahead and start by shouting out our pal Tyler Harris, who's doing really, really funny stuff on the Twitter. He was just uh, – he told me that there was a press conference yesterday. I was trying to watch it. I think the Dana and company got so bored in Rio. They were like, oh, my God, these fucking main card fights are so boring. Let's just sleep through the fucking press conference. <laughs> Fuck. But apparently they happened. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it. So anyway, uh, my thanks to him for letting me know that because I honestly would have never known. I didn't even bother refreshing my fucking browser. So thanks. Uh, let's also say what's up to the good people over at Valley Martial Arts Center. V V V V V V Mac. That one wasn't bad. I actually like though. I'm not gonna lie. Thanks. I thought you'd enjoy uh, the falsetto. I was going for like a uh, East Side type. Well, you don't have a falsetto. No, that was more. Just, that's what I was going for. Like, sharp if anything i like to dream bigger than i accomplish it helps me sleep that's okay i just love when we recognize and tell people how much we are not musically inclined on this podcast but uh guys check this out on november 9th sunday november 9th valley martial arts center is having another white belt tournament that is white out two uh, if you guys want more information, check out valleymac.com. That is valley, V-A-L-L-E-Y, M-A-C. Wait, oh shit, did I just spell it right? Yeah, I did. M-A-C. Master's dot- degree in communication, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the difference between me and Kevin. I double-check my spelling. Kevin is the worst speller on the planet. Is this not accurate? No, couldn't be more accurate, and I couldn't care or notice less. So I know you really can't. The worst is what I tell Kevin. He spelled a guest's name wrong, and he's like, I, oh, I did. Okay. Fuck. Uh, I want to <laughs> to our buddy Albert Morales, who was competing yesterday with our good friend Marcus Koval. Let me tell you something, dude. This guy has some sick triangles. At one point, right before one of his competitions, he looked at me and he goes, Raph, should I go for a flying triangle? And I was like, you have a dream. <laughs> Why should yes. you ever stop trying? Yes, you should. Uh, but whenever anyone asks you the answer, that whenever anyone asks you that question, the answer is yes. Should I go for a flying triangle? Yup. 
just imagine my face when somebody asks that question. And then just figure out how much you're laughing in response to it. Because when someone comes, Raph, should I go for the flying triangle? Yes. Yeah. Like, not even a breathe. It was just a moment where I go, mm-hmm. Uh, so my thanks to them. And you know what? We were so great about today. <clears throat> Going to train at Open Mat. Uh, I was stoked to do it because I went to go train the other day with our good friend Jim Lawson. And Kev, I want to tell you this quick story because it was actually terrifying. Uh, I'm rolling with Jim Lawson, really good black belt. And he's just kind of letting me move to positions and kind of like, you know, see how I, I transition and then do all that nice stuff that upper belts will do so that you learn. And my back just kind of stopped. Oh, no. Like, it just froze. And I was so like, oh, shit, I'm frozen. Like, I'm the only person in the world who's ever had their back freeze up while taking side control. (laughs) And so I'm just there. And, like, he's transitioning out of it. And I'm like, no, buddy, you need to stay here. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do for the rest of this minute. And so, like, he would go. And I just, like, it's the best shoulder pressure with no back ability to move that you just see me do where it's like (laughs) it's fine and i survive but then the guys who train under him are excited because they don't get to train with me often they're like raf you want to roll and what do you say no i'm hurt my back went out because i'm an old man you say no i'm gonna roll but i'm not remotely gonna try anything difficult mostly i'm just gonna pretend like i'm passing for about a good five minutes with each of you and that's going to be it. And so you can see the guys who are like kind of almost getting frustrated. Like, why is it Raph passing? Like, damn it. This is really annoying. And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. I'm just going to get through this. And I'm going to tell you, man, I had a legit moment where I was like, am I going to be able to roll? And for the past few days, my back's just been shit. Um, But I, I took care of it. I started doing the roller, the back roller thing. Took a lot of Tylenol and boom, I was back today. Big fan of the back roller. It's the, the best foam thing. Roller is what you're calling, talking about. The foam roller. Thank yeah. you. Um, I was like, it's my back, and I'll just roll on it, and it's the thing you put there. Yeah, the back roller. Uh, I got to tell you, man, that was a lifesaver today, so it felt actually really good to do that. So I hope to keep you guys updated on my continuous not back dying story, but it was a relief to get back to fucking training today and go like I, – I picked one of the hardest guys in the gym to roll with and was just like, all right, just – Try and murder me, and I'll tell you if it's no go or anything. And like he's he's going for it. And next thing you know, when I go, oh, he's gonna do neon belly right here. And sure enough, he does it. I go, oh, I'm okay. Yay, I'm back, everybody. So, so far, so good. That's really nice. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, it was a good end to that story. So everybody, please be nice to my back. And yay, be nice and yay. That's going to do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tab. Big thanks to Rebgate. Big thanks to UFC. Big thanks to JT Torres, Marcus Koval, Shakib Masiri. Big thanks to all of you. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. I pretended I was on a kite on that one. I thought you were going for auto-tuned. So. Oh, I, I actually I can do my own auto-tuned. So I'm very proud of that. It's more like it's. Oh, I used to do the blame on the alcohol song really good. Uh, I don't do that anymore. So it's hard to blame it on the alcohol. Mm, you would know that.